Here we are, Locked On NFL, alongside the scout Matt Williamson. I am Brian Peacock. We are taking you around the league here on the Locked On Podcast Network. It's the number one daily sports podcast network. You can subscribe to this show, all of your favorite podcast apps, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Himalaya. We are everywhere, as are all the programs on the network. You can find me on Twitter at BD Peacock. Follow Matt at Williamson. NFL. Matt, how are things on this Wednesday? Things are fantastic. How about you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. There are some uh, fun stories around the NFL. A lot of speculation with trades and no hard rumors or hard facts there. Uh, I think Josh Doxson is one that a pro football talk I just saw put out there that maybe Washington is trying to trade Josh Doxson before their roster cut down. So that's an interesting name that could be on the market. A player I loved coming out of college that has kind of sputtered in the NFL so far. Yeah, he has. And this is a really interesting time of year this week or so because teams are doing some fa- some some players a favor and cutting the Doug Martins. And why why are they cutting some of these guys? Just to do them a favor, let them go test the market as, a, as opposed to when that huge wave comes if they're not going to make the original team. Uh, there will be some trades. People are trying to get under the 53, of course. And Doxson's interesting because I liked him coming out of TCU too. And injuries have kind of derailed his career. Hasn't had the best quarterback play. Uh, Redskins fans aren't going to hear this, but this is it's not the strongest organization for developing talent, that's for sure. But you're also seeing that these big, fast, downfield, go-up-and-get-it types like him don't adjust as well as the route runners, you know, and he's not a real crisp route runner and didn't run a real, you know, diverse tree at TCU and still hasn't. He was very much an acrobat coming out of college. Yeah. He would make the wow play, but it's that consistency. I think that he is not developed and maybe it's the situation. Maybe a new spot will be better for him, but right now he's just a guy that can kind of go up and jump, get a jump ball and, and maybe try to make a spectacular catch, but you can't count on him to move the chains. Yeah. And that's harder to get away with at the NFL level not to mention the corners get the book on you and know that's what you want to do. And he's, from what I've seen, he also, as a, and this is a big thing, is struggles to get off press man coverage. You know, I mean, a lot of these guys, I don't know if we, you and I have had this conversation, but when, when I was hired by the Browns, I, I spent like a few hours in each position meeting room talking with the, the each position coach. And both the corners coach and the receiver coach said, every time you go into college, Look, watch every snap of press man coverage you can. And a lot of these guys, sometimes you'd watch a player and you'd see five snaps. <laughs> you know, like there's none in a lot right. of the different schools. So they come to the league, they get beat up at the line of scrimmage, balls to come out in two and a half seconds, and they didn't get off the line yet. There's some other rumored player movement, and we might see some big names that could be on the block. Our guy's going to sign Jadavian Clowney, Zeke Elliott. There are some holdouts around the league. Melvin Gordon are interesting names to monitor. No movement yet or anything to talk about. There are some street free agents getting picked up because teams just want to have players and bodies for this fourth preseason game and sit everybody that they actually want to put on the roster, which just goes to tell you how important this last preseason game is to teams around the NFL. But there's one interesting thing that I think we need to get into right now. And Antonio Brown, he just keeps the fun coming. There's there's a new story with him popping up on a daily basis, and now he says that he was never friends. His response to what Ben Roethlisberger had to say, let's hear Big Ben first, speaking of his friendship and where it went wrong with Antonio Brown. 
that whole experience of calling out AB in particular. Yeah, I, I, I wish I would have done it. Um, Why? You know, oh, because obviously we saw what happened, and obviously it ruined a friendship. They just got caught up in the emotion, the heat of the battle. And so <laughs> Antonio Brown sees that, and he tweets his response. He says, quote, Never friends, just had to get my ends shut up already. So Antonio Brown, not too happy with Ben Roethlisberger. And were they ever friends? You were around that team. What, what, what does that tell you? I, I don't know for sure. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, my take on it is I give Ben credit for this whole situation. He's really taken the high road. He was quiet all offseason about it, never on social media. And I do think Roethlisberger has really matured, certainly since his younger days, has a family now, um, is much more of a team leader than when I, you know, a, a several years ago. But I get the impression, to be very honest, A.B. wasn't really friends with hardly anyone on the team. I'm, I mean, uh, a story that will kind of give you some context was early in his career, I don't, you, you remember who Ziggy Hood is, right? I mean, yes. he was a first-round pick for the Steelers. He was a 32nd pick in the draft after they won the Super Bowl. He was a starting defensive lineman. He was far from a star, but he was a starter and a first-round pick. Early in A.B.'s career, one of my buddies in the media asked him, so what about Ziggy Hood? And A.B. went, who's Ziggy Hood? They didn't even know the dude in the locker room with them <laughs> who was a pretty prevalent guy, and they were uh. teammates together for a while. So, like, that kind of gives you an idea of what A.B. was like even back then before he was such a diva and whatnot. Yeah, it's strange, the selfishness, but also how hard he works at his craft and being a great player. It's just a weird guy and a weird dichotomy with what kind of a player yes. and talent, football player and teammate Antonio Brown is. Right, but why even tweet, like, what's there to gain from A.B. saying, we were never friends, just take the high road and be like, oh, well, sorry, that's over, or not say anything, you know, like, who cares? They don't right. have to be friends. All right, let's move on from this stuff, the tabloid talk, and get into our over-unders in the NFC. Well, hello, everyone. I want to tell you about our new buddies at Vivid Seats. Well, I'm fortunate enough that I can go to any Steeler game whenever I want, and I don't go to other NFL games. I also have a pretty good source through my Steeler contacts to get the concerts. But Penguin season for me is right around the corner, and I'm going to be using Vivid Seats a lot to go with my buddies. So I'm pretty excited about it. I want to tell you about it. Um, Vivid Seats is an online event ticket marketplace dedicated to providing fans of live entertainment with experiences that last, that last a lifetime. With Vivid Seats, listeners can watch their favorite teams and artists perform in person, earning credit back on all purchases made through the Vivid Seat app via the Vivid Seats Reward Loyalty Program. Vivid Seats helps fans find their seats to any of their favorite live events, sports, concerts, theater, and more, stand-up, anything you want, uh, all through the Vivid Seat app. It's very easy. Vivid Seats offers great prices with an easy purchasing experience as well as an in-app loyalty program, Vivid Seats Rewards. With rewards statuses ranging from MVP to Hall of Famer, customers can earn 10% up to 16% credit on all their purchases through our app for the month of August. Go to App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. Fans are automatically enrolled in the Vivid Seats Reward Loyalty Program and will enjoy credits on all their purchases as part of the Vivid Seats Rewards. All Vivid Seats confirmed orders are backed by 100% guarantee, of course. So this is something you absolutely have to do. And when you go, enter our promo code KICKOFF, all one word, all caps, at checkout to receive a discount of up to a, up to 100 bucks. I mean, so why wouldn't you? Enter our promo code KICKOFF at checkout, and you get a discount of up to 100 bucks. 
All right, let's go alphabetical as we did with the AFC yesterday. If you guys didn't hear the show, go back and listen to our picks versus the MyBookie lines for win totals in 2019. Let's start it off with the Chicago Bears. Uh, They're playing the first game Thursday night, win total at 9.5 for the Bears. Yeah, tough team because I do think there's a regression coming. One of the hardest schedules in the league, 28th on that list. So I think that's important. Tough division. I think all three of those teams are really going to beat each other up. I sort of like Trubisky, but I sort of don't. You know, I don't know that I really, really trust them. So I'm going to go under here. I, I think the defensive coordinator change won't help. I think the ability to cause turnovers can't keep up. But this is a good team. I, I hope Bears fans don't think I'm bashing them. Uh, nine and a half is a pretty legit line, though. I believe in the Bears. Nine and a half is uh, it's a high number. It's a nice number. If you're going over nine and a half, you believe this is for sure a playoff team. And I, I think the Bears are. I believe in the defense. I like the way the offense is going. I think they have enough weapons around Trubisky. I believe in Matt Nagy as a coordinator and head coach. And I think Trubisky can take that next step that he needs to to make this team really be a juggernaut in the NFC. I don't have them being picked as my Super Bowl team in the NFC, which we will get to on Monday show when we make our season picks for Super Bowls and MVPs and things. But I do love the Bears right now, and I like them across the board. And so I'm going to take the over on nine and a half. Yeah, and they easily could get to 10. They're a good football team. So their opponent, the Green Bay Packers, and very interesting, they're also set at nine and a half wins in 2019. I also went under, and for a lot of the same reasons, the Packers might have been my most difficult of the 32 to pick because if Rodgers is great and is it Rodgers-like, I think they'll win double-digit games. And But you can't pick the over on everybody. You know, you look at this thing and you have like 20 overs. It doesn't quite work that way. People have to lose games. And I think the defense is much improved, but I don't know that it'll be great. I don't love the weaponry around Rodgers. And I basically just went with the under because – a lot of change, new coach. Maybe they lose a close game or two that a veteran coach would have pulled out or uses timeouts better. Um, we'll see how it goes. Just some uncertainty with that lafleur Rogers situation, too. This is tough because teams in the same division, you can't pick them all to you know be 10-plus win teams. And if I'm yeah. going to go over on the Bears, I'm going to go under on the Packers. And I think I like maybe the Packers a little bit better as a fantasy offense and, and a fantasy team this year than – a football team and their win totals. And I think they're good. And I think the nine and a half numbers is pretty close. I'm going to go under, and I think it's probably going to be something like maybe nine, nine and seven. And it's tough to go under here, but I'm going to, even though I like what they've done in the secondary and add some pieces and add some players to that defense and try to uh, revamp and retool on the run with Aaron Rodgers. But yeah, new coaching staff. I'm going to go under nine and a half for the Green Bay Packers. Arizona Cardinals over under is five there, which would be, it's not a big number, but it's a nice improvement from 2018. Yeah, this is one that I think if you could go to Vegas and bet it to hit at five for great odds, I might put a buck on that. I don't know if that's how betting works or not. So I was torn. I think it's the right line. And I'm really intrigued with this offense. And I just wrote an article about how I'm buying for fantasy Kyler Murray, Johnson, Kirk, you know, Larry. I think that they will be highly productive. But no Patrick Peterson to start the season. I think the defense is going to be a bottom five-ish unit. So I just have a hard time envisioning a six-win team. And they might need to they might need some luck to get there. I'm definitely taking the under on this one because there's just too much unknown with that team. And maybe they could 
surprise some people and maybe catch some people out of the gate, not knowing exactly what that offense is going to look like under Cliff Kingsbury. But you hit it on the defensive side of the ball. Even if they're putting up yards and putting up some points, they've got second-rounder Byron Murphy is about the only body that can cover it cornerback right now for them. So uh, I've got big question marks and too much unknown, and I, I don't think they can improve much over last year. And Maybe they'll have something, and who knows what it's going to look like in the long term, but it's hard for me to pick the over on 5 for the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah. Atlanta Falcons. This is an interesting team because people are all over the board on everybody on the Falcons, whether it's Matt Ryan or Devontae Freeman or just the team in general. The over-under at my bookie set at nine wins for Atlanta. How do you feel about that? I think it's a pretty good line. It was not an easy decision for me. Difficult schedule, 27th. I went with the under. I've been really hyping up this offense, though. I mean, I think the uh, the offensive line additions, Freeman coming back, Ridley a, a year older. I'm a big Matt Ryan believer. Tons of games in domes. It's another team I want fantasy stock, especially in their passing game. I just think the defense is not so great. I mean, I know they get a couple key guys back, Keon O'Neal, Deion Jones, but I don't trust their pass rush. I think they're... Their scheme's a little outdated. I think they're closer to 8 than 10. I'm looking for a bounce back for the Falcons, and I, the additions I think are huge. Deion Jones and, and making that thing really go on defense and getting back a couple of guys in the secondary and some of the young players they've drafted developing on that defense. I'm going to take the over. This one I feel less confident than the first three, but I'm going to go over Falcons on nine. I love Julio Jones and Matt Ryan in that offense, and I really think they're a team that just – they're going to be in every game every week, and I think they will be in the playoffs when it's all said and done. Could be. Could be. I mean, I, I, I'm a big Matt Ryan believer. He may be the MVP this year. A former MVP and the Carolina Panthers over under eight wins. Cam Newton, we don't know how he's going to look coming off his multiple injuries now over the last couple of years. How do you feel about the Panthers this year at an even eight and eight? You like the over? You like a winning team? Or you think they're going to be a losing squad in 2019? I gotta say, a month or two ago, I probably would have went under. I had a lot of reservations about Newton's health compared it to Luck's shoulder a year ago, but that's why I'm not a doctor. You know, I mean, <laughs> he played a couple days ago. He's supposedly out of the boot. I'm really warming up to this team, and I'm going to take the over. I think the new scheme we talked some Newton the other day is really going to help them. Um, it did last year. This is one of the best offenses in the league before he got hurt. McCaffrey. You know, Moore and Samuel, I think, are improving players and dynamic, really good offensive line. That's, you know, it looks like it could be. It's a lot more improved. You know, they go get some guys there. And I think their front seven has a chance to be one of the best in the league. I mean, it's just littered with first round picks. It's not an easy schedule, 22nd on that list, but I think they're, you know, an above 500 team. I felt like this Panthers line could have been even higher, eight and a half, maybe nine. But at the same time, I was thinking all along with the Panthers, man, I'm, I'm going to go under here. Questions about Cam's health, not so much is he going to be on the field, but can he stay healthy through a full season? And so much revolves around him. I like some of the talent around him, but this is a tough team for me. And this is nice because we're disagreeing a lot more on the NFC than mm -hmm. we did yesterday in the AFC. I'm going to take in the under actually on the Panthers in eight. And again, like the Falcons, I don't feel great about this one. But I don't feel great about the Panthers and super confident in this team. So I'm actually going to go, and I think I'm going I'm to buck trends. I would, I would believe more people are putting money on the over on the Panthers. I'm going to go under, though. Mm, okay. I mean, I can see it. Tough division. You know, I mean, 
Um, but I'm really warming up this team. They're kind of a Super Bowl, Super Bowl dark horse for me. Okay, okay. Yeah, I'm that warm on them. Dallas Cowboys, over under nine. This is another team I like a lot more. And I think Zeke's going to report any minute now, basically. I think Jerry Jones won't let that happen. Um, the offensive line is back with, with Fredericks. Um, I, I am a Dak believer. I think this is a chance to be one of the better defenses in the league. They're all kind of growing up together, coming into their own. Um, I, I like Dallas. They have the 10th easiest schedule. I like that part as well. Play the Giants twice, play Washington twice. I think they get the double digits. I'm with you. I'm going over on the Cowboys even though nine is is you know it's it's somewhat high, but I, I believe this is a playoff team this year. I like what they've put together. Get Zeke back, get him in the fold, and I think they could really hum on offense. They've got such a great offensive line steal, and just can they just have some things to hang their hat on offensively? And they've got a ton yeah. of talent on the defensive side of the ball too. And I, it's just it's Cowboys and Eagles. It's gonna be fun to watch in that division. I'm gonna take the over on the Cowboys at nine. One other Cowboys note before we move on. I think Kellen Moore is going to be really useful for them, too. That they were – their scheme was old and not up with up to date. I think Kellen Moore is going to add some window dressing to what they did and make them harder to defend, get Elliott out in space more as a receiver. I, I think Dallas is pretty good. The Detroit Lions, six and a half is the win total set for the Lions – that's a that's an interesting number. Where do you where where do you side on six and a half wins for Detroit? Under, I don't know about this coach. I don't know about this defense. They have some injuries. I think that in that division's difficult, and they're clearly number four. But this is a good line. I mean, the difference between winning six and seven for them is very minimal all as it is for any team with one game. But I mean, I really think they're, I'm right on the fence with them on that. They easily could be a seven win team, but I kind of looked at it and said, man, the wheels could fall off here too. You know, if, if they're just running the ball and stopping the run, that just seems like an old way of doing things. And I don't really believe in Patricia that much. So I'm going to go under because you kind of have to go on. You can't go over all the time. Players, coaches, when you leave New England, what is it? They they, they can't capture that magic. And uh, I have some reservations about Patricia, too, and, and the Lions. I'm going to go under six and a half, just like you did, Matt, with the, with the Detroit Lions. Just don't have great feelings yeah. about that team this year. I don't either. I really don't. The Los Angeles Rams won a lot of games last year. The line has been set at ten and a half wins for 2019. Seventh easiest schedule in the league. I'm going over without much hesitation. I mean, I got to think that they're five and one, four and two at worst in that division. With all respect to your Niners, I think they probably steamroll the Cardinals and at worst split with San Francisco and Seattle. I'm not real big on Seattle. Um, I know their offensive line's a little bit in flux. My hunch is Gurley's going to still be a good football player, you know, and. Aaron Donald and the star power and Goff's a year older. Um, this one's pretty easy for me. I think they get to 11 wins without much much problem. I kind of expected this to be a little bit higher. I know they've lost some of the veteran pieces, but there's there's not much to dislike about what's going on with the Los Angeles Rams right now. So 10 and a half is a pretty easy over for me to bet on this team. Yeah. 
All right, let's break here. This is a nice midpoint here in the NFC, and then we'll get to the rest of the NFC and finish off these over-under picks for the 2019 season. Minnesota Vikings, that NFC North is going to be probably one of the most fun divisions to watch this year, and it's why I picked under with the Lions, because the Vikings, the Bears, the Packers could all be very good teams. Nine wins in Minnesota. They've been a very good football team. They're, they're, they're right there. They've been right there. Come up a little bit short for some you know championship aspirations, but still good on both sides of the ball. Where are you at with the Minnesota Vikings? I'm going over, and that was hard. I went under on all the other teams in the division. Feels like one should go over. Um, I'm not a big Cousins believer, but I think his line, his supporting cast, his running game, his pair of receivers, throw Irv Smith in the mix, makes Cousins a highly functional quarterback with Kubiak running the show and holding the puppet strings. I think Dalvin Cook might lead the league in rushing. I mean, I really think that he's – if he can stay healthy, and even if he can't, you know, Madison, I think, would be you know adequate. So I think they'll run the ball, and that's huge. And that defense, if they don't have to play as many snaps and can pin their ears back a little bit more and a little bit fresher, uh, I think the Vikes are pretty darn good. I'm going over. I agree with you that Dalvin Cook could lead the league in rushing for three weeks or four weeks until he gets hurt again. <laughs> but, um, no, <laughs> there's a lot to like about the Vikings, but... I'm more Bears and more Packers than Vikings this year, I think. And especially the Bears. I mean, I've got the Bears winning this division. I really like them, and I like what the Vikings can do. Kirk Cousins is very functional, and he can be an okay quarterback, and I think they can win a lot of games. But I'm not expecting that breakthrough for the Vikings. I think they are what they are, and I think they'll probably settle in to around. And it's a great line at 9 and 9 and 7. I could definitely see them winning 10 games, but I could definitely see them winning you know, 8 games as well. Uh, tough to go under, but I'm going to go opposite what you picked here and go under with the Vikings. Yeah. Is it the Lions the only one we agreed in in this division? I, think I so. believe it is. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. New Orleans Saints, another team that's been having trouble breaking through and, and getting that Super Bowl glory. Ten and a half wins. It's a good number. It's a high number. I love the Saints this year. Do you love the Saints this year? I do. They might be the best team in the league. Um, they're going to be one or two in my power ranks if I were to do one right now. Their their schedule is considered middle of the road, even though it is a hard division. Massive home field advantage for the Saints. Brutal place to play. I think adding Jared Cook goes a long way. It's a pretty good defense. They may win 14. I love everything about the Saints. I like them across the board. I think Drew Brees, I know he fell off at the end of the season, and you know he hasn't been throwing the ball as much, just, you know, slight declines in his passing attempts over the last few years. But I still believe in him being able to make another run. And I think this might be the year, a little foreshadowing for our picks episode. I like the Saints. I'm going over 10 and a half wins. New York Giants, six wins. Question for me, is it going to be the Eli Manning show or the Daniel Jones show that's trying to fight for those six plus wins? I think it's going to be the Eli Manning show. I pretty much know it should be the Daniel Jones show. So <laughs> hopefully they make that change sooner than later. I bet they stick with Eli way too long. I think he's a washed-up player. This line shocks me. I mean, I think they have some cover guys. I think they have some big defensive tackles, but they're lacking you know, great pass rushers and linebackers. The offensive line's better. Barkley's going to be the straw that stirs the drink times a million, but how are they going to stretch the field? Um, I, I'm not seeing it here. I mean, it, it's a pretty easy schedule, the sixth easiest. So I think that factors in, but I don't see them getting the seven wins. 
it's kind of bad either way because Eli is old and maybe doesn't play well, maybe plays too long into the season. But then even when you go to a rookie quarterback, that doesn't translate into wins a lot of times, even if he is that guy and he will be that guy. So I'm going under the six wins for the New York Giants. Yeah, Jones looks good. I mean, he's blowing me away with how he's playing in the preseason. But like you said, you throw him in the games when it matters most. That doesn't mean he's going to win football games. I love it with Daniel Jones. It's one of the best stories of the preseason so far, seeing a player who just got killed and the Giants getting killed for drafting him. And I was one of the people I, I didn't believe. I thought it was too high taking him number six overall. But then it makes you want to root for him, seeing how he's handled it and seeing him go out and play well early is pretty cool. Yeah, it is. I, I'm absolutely rooting for him. And I was one of those guys that killed him. But I want everyone to succeed. And he looks great. And I would start him week one. Philadelphia Eagles over under 10 wins. I'm putting it all on the over. I mean, they have the third easiest schedule in the league. Another team, I think, probably wins five division games right off the bat. Um, they're probably going to be my Super Bowl pick. I mean, I think they're just loaded on offense. I'm a huge Wentz believer. Defense has playmakers, especially in the defensive line. They were Super Bowl champs two years ago before they get hit really hard with injuries. This is another team that might win 13 or 14. I thought the Eagles might have the highest over-under in the yeah. league before I looked at this. And uh, I know the NFC might be a little bit more difficult than the AFC aside from a couple of teams. And it looks like the Patriots are going to be the team with the highest over under at 11. So just one game off there, but uh, multiple teams at 10 and a half too. I'm easily taking the over as you are on the Eagles at 10 wins. Yeah. Easy one for me. The San Francisco 49ers, a team I'm close to and follow very close. Am I too close? Is it hard for me to focus being too close on this team over under eight? What is that? You take this one. You lead us off here. So uh, there's a lot of hope, and there was a lot of hype coming in last year with the 49ers, and I think there's more again this year, and they've definitely added more talent, and the depth is much stronger on this 49ers football team. I think eight is a good number. I actually expected it to be a little bit lower, but I think 49ers are one of those teams where they get a lot of action on the over, so that might be why it's just a little bit higher. This is tough because I think they absolutely could win eight or nine games, but it's hard for me to say, oh, man, this is a 10 11 win team. And I could also be like, OK, yeah, they, they only won seven games, seven and nine, maybe six and 10 if things go bad. Still want to see Garoppolo put that full season together. So there's a lot of unknowns there and still some young players that really need to step up for for this team to really show up with authority and be a playoff team. So I'm actually going to take the under on the 49ers at eight wins. Yeah, didn't see that coming. I, <laughs> I thought you'd go over and I, I don't think it's you know, overly optimistic to say this could be a winning team this year. Nine wins, maybe even 10. Um, I think their front seven is going to be really good. You know, we haven't seen Bosa yet, but just wait till we do. I'm still a big Jimmy believer, even though there's a little bit of a bad taste in my mouth with them recently. And do we trust this team to stay healthy? I mean, it's funny, like Sando comes on every Thursday and every time we talk about the Niners over the last year or two, we always he always brings up yeah I remember we were hyping them last year and then a bunch of injuries and that you know like it just I need to see it first before I can put a dollar on them being a winning team so I'm gonna go under as well but that's a pretty good line it's very much like the Browns where I get the hype yeah I believe the hype is is warranted in some respect but you you want to see it first and you use the word trust and I think that's it right now and what I always tell 49ers fans is like don't get too crazy. Expect eight and eight, and it's funny that they put the line at eight because that's what I've been telling people all off season long. Put the put the line in your mind at eight and eight. If they're a, a, an above five hundred team, then accept that bonus and be very glad about it. And then if the team goes below 
500 by a little bit, you know that they're close and they're working towards something. If they go under 500 by a lot, then you bring out the pitchforks and we have a much more difficult conversation. Yeah, I think that's a good way of looking at it. And I mean, quick question for you. Do you think Niners fans should be happy with eight and eight this year? I mean, that's progress. Yes. And but would they be? I'm not so sure. (laughs) Different question. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Staying in division there, the Seahawks have just a half a game higher over under at eight and a half. What do you do with that? (sighs) this is funny because I bet my listeners are rolling their eyes right now going Williamson you stood on the table for Seattle last year to take the under that they're going to be a five-win team they don't have any talent and I lost my shirt listening to you and I'm still going to do it I this looks (laughs) like a five-win type of roster to me I mean besides Wilson Lockett and the head coach and Bobby Wagner what do we like from this team? I mean, I don't think it's a good roster at all, to be very honest with you. And I am a huge believer in coach quarterback together can win games that the rest of the roster doesn't deserve to. But this team being a winning team, I I, I don't think so. And it's not an easy schedule, 20th on that list. Uh, I'm going under heavy again, even though they burned me last year. And for the same reasons you just laid out, I also have the under at eight and a half, and I fully expect to be wrong on one of those. I'm going to split the 49ers and the Seahawks. One of those teams is definitely going to get the over. One's going to get the under. So I just know going in, I'm going to split that one. But I would have taken the under for the last few years on the Seahawks, and I would have been wrong each time. So that's the caveat there with the Seahawks, because they just keep finding a way to win. Yeah, I know the feeling. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, six and a half wins in 2019 under new head coach Bruce Arians. I like the Arians higher. I am a Winston believer. You know, I would <laughs> buy stock in him if because it's so low right now. And Godwin and O.J. Howard. Wow, O.J. Howard. And Evans. And I think Todd Bowles makes a, a difference on this this defense quite a bit. But 24th schedule, so it's near the, near the toughest. Really difficult division. And I just think that they're a work in progress, and they might be better next year. I'm right there with you. It's a new head coach. At least we already know what Bruce Arians is as an NFL coach, which is a very good one. But some some questions there. And I, I don't believe in the rest of the roster with Tampa Bay. And the, it's not really a great barometer, but going by preseason games and what I've seen from them in their first unit didn't really inspire a ton. Yeah, and mentioning the preseason, they're – offensive line and protection has been really bad and it's usually i don't overreact to those things but i was worried about it before now i'm worried about it more and if they're going to be a downfield passing team slow developing plays that ain't a good formula washington redskins over under six wins under i think that's an easy one too i like haskins but i think he's in for a really rough road um, when's he even going to get in there? And I think they're going to have some of the worst quarterback play in the league. Maybe their best player, Trent Williams, is probably not going to be a Redskin this year. I don't like their receivers. <laughs> I mean, I, I go on and on, it seems like. I like the defensive line a lot. I think guys could be okay. But no, I don't think they get the seven wins. I think it could be a disastrous season for Washington, and I actually really yeah. liked their draft, and I think it's a team that could be uh, you know, just in need of, of some change and rebuild, and maybe they're terrible, and they have a new coaching staff, and then maybe something you know happens with Dwayne Haskins in the future, and that young 
squad that they've been drafting becomes something, but this year I think it could be that one where it crumbles and they have to have some really hard decisions after the season. So I'm with you. I'm going under six wins here. And looking over this, I have too many unders now that I think about it. And I do think there's some really good teams in the NFC. So I'm actually going to go back and change one of my picks. The one I struggled with the most maybe was the Packers. And I'm going to take the over with the Packers here too. So I'm really going with the true have and have nots in the NFC this year. Yeah, and I could see that. I could see some very poor teams in this side, Arizona, Washington, the Giants, maybe Tampa, and some really good teams too. Like I think the two best teams in the league right now are the Eagles and the Saints. Eagles, Saints, Rams, Bears, Packers. Uh, there is some talented teams Rams, yeah. Yeah, in, this, uh, in this NFC playoff picture. Vikings, Falcons. I mean, there's, there's a lot of really good teams, and I think they might have a chance to beat up on some of the other teams. Yeah, and some of my... Favorite sleeper teams are over here, too. Carolina, Dallas, those two certainly come to mind. I'm looking forward to doing our picks on Monday's show, and I know they're going to be different. Super Bowl, MVP, division winners, all that stuff. And I want to see where you have the Colts now because they were your sleeper Super Bowl team in the AFC, and i got to believe that they are no longer. They are no longer, (laughs) but uh, we will do that for sure. Okay, great talking to you, Matt. And we'll be back tomorrow with Mike Sando right here. Locked on NFL.